Sie hören Sport und Musik. In a world where fans fight over whether to call it football, football, or soccer, two German men defy the odds and call it Fußball. Bringing you inside the German-American Fußball experience. And now, here are your hosts, the Schnitzel Boys. This is what Will Smith would say. What up, everyone? We are the Schnitzel Boys. I'm Stefan Schnitzel here along with my venerable co-host. Bjorn Schnitzel? Yeah, we should probably learn how to bang our heads at the same time. That's going to oh, be lag. the advanced skill. Yeah. We have to learn it with lag, so we have to like... <laughs> how you doing, t- Bjorn? I'm good. We timed the music correctly. That was good. Yeah, that's really cool. And that I was a uh, um, yeah. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep pointing out our technical successes throughout the show. Yeah, hey, it's easier said than done for all of you viewers out there, <laughs> which I believe are at zero, if that number is correct. <laughs> but it's all good. You get us on demand, and we're just figuring things out here. Love that VO guy. I mean, I, I told him to do his best with foosball, uh, and he goes foosball. And he, I thought honestly. He- I think he did a great job. Like I think that is very. Uh, we'll have to. We'll have to send him more money if this works out because <laughs> I feel like he did this for too cheap. I tipped him. I tipped. Oh, him. good. Very, yeah, very yeah. well. Very. He nice. gave me a good deal, which we charged, and I just loved it so much that I gave him more money on top of it just to keep a good relationship in case we need more recording. And he even offered like, if you need more pickups or anything, just let me know. Like he'll he'll retake it for us for free. It's amazing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. He's a cool, dude. Shout out to Chuck Fresh. Anyway, this is the inaugural podcast of the Schnitzel Boys. Bjorn, what exactly is the Schnitzel Boys? The Schnitzel Boys, we are happy that you're here and we're going to bring you the inside of the German-American foosball, soccer, football experience. We are. Uh, we feel that we are underrepresented. Would you say that that's uh, fair yeah. to say here in the U.S.? Yeah. Here in the yeah. U.S., soccer is or or foosball is generally taken uh, taken analogous with uh, English, right? All the all the commentators are that's English, right. and no no one cries. No no one is more. A- no, no one struggles more with underrepresentation than German, right? <laughs> no. two German men. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, was, we, uh... soccer got popular here in the United States, which is great. And Bjorn and me are two old hats with the game. We we were rooting it from way before it was cool. And uh, what we've noticed, in, 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 despite it being popular, it's very, very English and dominant. It's always been that way. And we're just here to offer a little, you know, in the market of niche, nicheness. We're here to offer more of a German perspective, talk German stuff and American stuff, because we are German and American soccer fans. So yeah, yeah. and as yeah. you can see from our from our shirts, there'll be a little bit of MLS talk as well. We have uh, we both have learned to embrace our local league with all its quirks and uh, and strangeness. Mm-hmm. And we've braced. We're both from New York. We both embraced our local team, but 
We've embraced different teams. Yes. As I'm a New York Red Bulls fan, I can confidently say that since 2009, uh, which was one of the worst seasons we've ever had in our history, if not the worst. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then you've been a fan of NYCFC since they started, right? Yeah, right from the from from their beginning. I I tried to be a Red Bulls fan over the years. It never quite stuck. Um, and then when this new team came along, I just decided to be all in. I decided to stop worrying and embrace Major League Soccer finally. <laughs> yeah, stop worrying about how you love and then how you love the bomb or however that. Goes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, cool. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, let's get into it. We have a few topics. What, what do you want to do first? You want to do German stuff or the American stuff? I mean, the Bundesliga title race ended early, right, this weekend? Oh, no. Come on. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> I mean, looking at, the, looking at the table, it's only one point that Bayern is ahead. Yeah. But it felt like, <laughs> here we go. I, so, this, so uh, full disclosure, I'm in L.A., so 6.30 in the morning. And I work nights, so I came home, and the games start right when I get home from work, which is my crazy schedule. Wow. So so I put on Bayern München and Bayer Leverkusen, being like, come on, Bayer Leverkusen, what do you got? And Bayern Munich scored three goals in three minutes, I think, from the 33rd minute to the 36th minute. It was 4 nothing, and, and it was 36 minutes in, and I just turned it off and went to bed. I was like, well, yeah. that's the end of that. And then sure enough, it was a 5-1 game. And, you know, <laughs> it's just a crazy, like, Patrick Schick and, and, and Florian Wertz. These are not talentless players, but for whatever yeah. reason, Bayern München is just such a juggernaut that they just could destroy whatever gets put in front of them. And it's not like, it's looking pretty clear like Bayern München can do 10 years in a row. Something I don't think has ever been done in any sort of top flight competitive uh, soccer league as far as yeah if my if my scottish friend kier listens to this he will be upset because celtic celtic got within one of those right until i was gonna say did they do steven no they did nine and then uh uh and then rangers and steven gerrard came in and the the rangers are won last year right yeah 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 which is great i was a big i love the rangers remember what was his name they had a guy Back in the late '90s, a good German player named Jörg Butz, maybe or something like that. Oh, maybe know. that sounds yeah, is, sounds <laughs> like a somebody. Obscure, <laughs> but I, I I used to love the Ranger teams of the late '90s, early aughts, before they ceased to exist as a team, which is crazy. And thankfully, rebirthed. Oh yeah, briefly, that. right? Yeah, because uh, the Rangers now is essentially a new, the soul's the same, but the entire business side of it is just a whole new business. I think. Yeah. Um, Relatively, but yeah, it, yeah. So Bayern München are totally dominant. My thoughts are Bayern München are not Bayern München are doing everything right. Bayern München gets no blame on anything. They're doing great. It's no fault that they're winning ten in a row. You know, do they poach the league's best player and offer them more money? Sure, but they've earned that. What we need to see is we need to see the other clubs, notably Dortmund and Leipzig to stop selling their players like every other club in the league is a stepping stone at best you know Mm -hmm. and Bayern mentioned is the only club in Germany where it's like no here is where you get success this is your career Lewandowski didn't go to Man City or or Real Madrid because Bayern mentioned kept him and my thoughts are in order for Borussia Dortmund to really be competitive to really be that second team the Burger King to Bayern Munich's McDonald's, <laughs> then they have to pay Erling Holland a lot of money and keep him. You know, 
Yeah, the chance of that happening is approximately zero, right? <laughs> well, but that, I'm saying, yes, I'm, be, I'm being like, I'm living on a dreamland. But, like, you can't sit there because, I mean, essentially the big question, is Bayern Munich good for Deutsches Fußball or bad for Deutsches Fußball? And my thing is they're great. However, they're not good for Deutsches Fußball, but as a club, they're doing it right. And other clubs need to do their best to try to play catch up a little bit, you know. England, Italy, and Spain, they have clubs that keep each other honest. Deutschland, Germany does not have a club that keeps Bayern München honest. Yeah, everybody else is, has just not had the financial consistent success to keep up with them. That's true, yeah. Once upon a time, which my old dad would say, Bayern <laughs> München was probably the smallest of four or five clubs in München. 1860 München were the hey, big right. boys. They had one or two other big München clubs. Uh, and you know, I mean, eighteen look at eighteen sixty mentioned now. I mean, they they had terrible. When when uh, when Alliance, when Allianz Arena was first being built, it was a co project between eighteen sixty and Bayern. Right, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And then it, it collapsed eighteen sixty. They they're they're a third division club now. Uh, and Bayern München is the only ones that. So Bayern München has been an independent private club this entire time. So their success is 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 not related to luck or gifts or anything like that. They've earned that success. Yep. So uh, other clubs, you know, like Borussia Dortmund, same thing. They're financially very stable these days. They weren't once upon a time, but now they're doing fine. And they just need to make the decision to be like, do we make our money off players? Do we make our money off titles? You know. But that's not an either or kind of a thing. It's like for for Erling Haaland, they can buy, hopefully, good replacements and still be competitive. But I see. But that mentality, I don't love that mentality. The whole, like, let's sell Erling Haaland and buy replacements. Erling Haaland was the best young striker in the world, bar none, in my opinion. Uh, and, and it's like, get rid of him. If you're going to get rid of him, why? Why look for a replacement? You have Erling Haaland. He signed with you. So if Real Madrid comes in, which my guess would be Real Madrid will probably sign him over the summer or something like that. Uh, let's say they offer him, what, $200,000 a week or however massive amounts of money that, 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 that happens. But Lucia Dortmund has to match that. You have to be like, listen. You can go to Real Madrid and you can win more titles like every other schmuck that's gone to Real Madrid and every other person that's gone and won titles. Or we can pay you the same to stay here. Dortmund's not as pretty as Madrid. Okay, I'll, I'll, granted. Uh, however, here you can win a title. People will remember you more for winning a title here than they will just to be another Real Madrid title winner. You know what I mean? But how are they going to – they're still not going to beat Bayern. Well, they've got to keep players. and Drew Bellingham needs to develop. Erling Haaland needs to get from strength to strength. Marco Royce needs new knees, for crying out loud. But this need... is this is the year for them. I mean, they have to – this is the year where they have to do it. And, I well, mean, like I said, they only, have, they, have, they only have – they're still only a point behind. But, it, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if yeah. they can do it. When do they play? When is the Super Classico? We didn't miss it, did we? Uh, I don't think so, no. But um, yeah, this this was just a beatdown. This this Leverkusen, and I thought the yeah, like you were saying, the Leverkusen team I thought could be competitive. They took Alfonso Davies out in the 40th minute to rest him. Yeah, that he played is three games. Yeah, that is humiliating. You take somebody out 40 because minutes in because the game is done. Yeah, and props to Alfonso Daisy, Davies. He, he, he did you see that goal he scored against Panama? Oh yeah, he kept team? that. Kept it in. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. He did it so. again, except this time Lewandowski finished it for him. Uh, Afonso Davies is an absolute beast. That dude, yeah. 
just great player. He's he's on their short list for top players in the world right now, in my opinion. Top players in the world. All right. Uh, uh, Name name three better left backs. I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, but that's still it's left back. Booyah. What do you mean, Philip? That defenders don't get. You are talking about the short list of all of best players in the world. Are there any left backs on the short list of best players in the world? Well, but that's a different conversation. The defenders get no love in the talk. It's always who's the best goal scorers. Like that's the only part of the game, right? You know what I mean? Uh, You know, like where's Cafu? Where's freaking, you know, Philip Lam? And where's um, Andy? uh, Yeah. Mats Hummels. I was about to say Andy Blema too. <laughs> you know, yeah. where's uh, uh, all these great center backs we've had? Where's Matt Miazga? You know what I mean on that conversation. Oh my God! You had to. You had. You, you. 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 Yeah. All right. Let's just let that one slide. Matt so, Miazga, Mats Hummels, Kafu, the three uh, great the three best defenders back. of all time. I'm just spitballing here. Right? <laughs> I should have. Been more prepared, taking more notes. That's true. But I think that is a that is a German, uh, uh, you know, for talking about the German football experience. I think that is uh, uh, a part of it. The appreciation for defense. I definitely feel feel that way when uh, Liberos, yeah, Liberos. Uh, sweepers. The great Franz Beckenbauer was a defender, after all, yeah. defender slash holding midfielder. Um, you know what's funny? I watched with my parents like a year ago on ESPN they have these old games from the 70s on archive so I watched an old game between Köln and Borussia Mönchengladbach when they were like the two best clubs in the league you had Jupp Heynckes Karl-Heinz Rummenigge I think was was amongst them or something I I could be wrong about that but it was just so crazy that was like the biggest game of Pack Stadium and it was just some of the sloppiest boring like at least at least creative soccer tactics i've ever seen it literally it was just the defender had it kicked it up top and wished for the best and they got it kicked it up top wished for the best that's just what it was for 90 minutes mm. there was no holding the ball there was no bringing playing out the back there was no there was no possession it was just kick and run yeah. you know and that's just the way it was back then yeah the game has changed a lot yeah so so what so so I gave my piece. That's my thesis. If oh. if, if if the Bundesliga wants those other clubs, other clubs need to step up and make some investments. Yeah, I mean, I agree. The other, it's 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 frustrating how no one has been able to mount a consistent challenge. Like Dort, you know, Dortmund being the prime candidates, and they still look on paper like they could be competitive. But then when you see these beatdowns, you're like, oh boy. Well, so Dortmund hosts by mention on December fourth. All right. What what is the over under that by December fourth they will still only be one point apart? The over under? You mean what chance? What the? What's the? What are the odds? I think there's no chance they're going to be five <laughs> points behind yeah, on December be five 4th. to seven points or something. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever these super classicals happen, if Dortmund wins, that means they're only four points within the leaders. Now. Yeah, yeah right. it's like, exactly. It's like, yeah, since the days of Jurgen Klopp, anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jurgen Klopp was the last guy to sort of fight the establishment and drop his mic and walk off. Yeah, I remember uh, when he was, when he was, uh, 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 they had a game in Munich and they, he asked him, uh, they asked him beforehand that Uli Hoeneß had said that uh, Bayern was definitely going to win three to one. And Jurgen Klopp responded that, yeah, they, they heard about that and they discussed it among the coaching staff and then they decided to still make the trip. 
<laughs> and uh, and then ended up winning that game three to one on the road. Uh, I think that was the year they won the title. It's stuff like that that makes him a legend. He's just such a great coach. Yeah. The great Jorgen Klopp always has cool things to say. I am the normal one, he said when he was in England. <laughs> in reference to Jose Mourinho's I am the special <laughs> the one. Special, he's yeah. the normal one. Yeah. Jorgen Klopp's like, oh, I'm just the normal one. <laughs> but I want to yeah. talk about the opposite end of the table when it comes to the Bundesliga because my team, as you know, is VfL Bochum. Right. The Bochum newly newly uh newly promoted back in the in the bundesliga where they were when i was when i was living there and lived next door to the stadium they were a bundesliga team always struggling how and close now, were you from the stadium were you literally like i was literally uh um not 10 feet i was uh you know a block a block away i was a five but, minute five minute walk if you weren't there could you hear roars when games were happening and stuff? um no, I could hear the traffic for sure. They would definitely oh. be, but I wasn't quite close enough to hear it. Oh yeah, they never but, scored uh, goals. So I forgot well, that was another. Goals. Yeah, very funny, very funny. No, they um, they uh, um, were they were back then, you know, always on the verge of 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 relegation, but they never for a while they were they didn't, and so they they coined a term called uh, unabsteigbar. They called them unabsteigbar, meaning unrelegatable. And of course, once that caught that once that caught on, it kind of jinxed them, and then they did finally go down. Um, you know who was once unrelegatable? Say that word again, real quick for me. Unabsteigbar. You know who else was unabsteigbar once upon a time? Ha asphalt. Oh yeah, that's over. the area where I'm, where my folks are from, where my mom's from. And since they've gotten the basement, they can't get themselves out of it. But that's another discussion for another time. Yeah, they're so not Bochum looking played, good. Bochum, well, firstly, let me just get this out of the way. You saw Eric Ronaldo play for Bochum live, right? Uh, that was right. I think he arrived after I came to New York, so I, I did. Oh, I never. Him. I just missed him. Yeah. I was gonna um, say that that would have been, you would have been like hearing the roar of a crowd of all his goals. And like, <laughs> I don't think he, he had such a great time there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think his I think his time at Zabulkin was a little better. Did yeah. you ever see him? In, did you ever see him at Zabulkin? No, right? No. I, although I remember him being sort of a, ph- a phenom, you know, this American kid that was good. Oh, that's, um, cool. that's cool. There that's was a rumor cool. at some point in 19, I think it was, yeah, it must have been 94, right after the World Cup, that Alexi Lalas was going to come to Bochum. That was yeah, a sort of a persistent, you, that never superstar. happened. Alexi Lalas <laughs> was like the Landon Donovan of the mid-90s because of his hair and he was a rock band. Yeah, he was, figure. yeah, he looked like an alien. Yeah. He looked like an alien. Yeah, so I guess it was. I also remember he tried with Arsenal. And by remember, I mean read an article years later about it. He tried with Arsenal at the time, but I guess he probably had Bochum and Padova were among the clubs, and he chose Padova. He chose Italy. Yeah, probably a good decision. Well, in, in that time, in the mid '90s, the Serie A was probably considered the best league in the world. Yeah, say. for sure. That was when Lota, Matteos, and Klinsmann and Bremer all played in Italy. Yeah, all played yeah. for Inter. And they yeah. had they had the three Dutchmen who then played for AC Milan, I believe. What was it? Three Germans were on Inter, and the three Dutch were on. Yeah, Ruud Ruud Rullit and uh, Van Basten and Frank Rijkaard. Frank Rijkaard, yeah. who memorably clashed in the 1990 World Cup in the quarterfinals. Right. The spitting, Spit, the spitting spit incident. Face. The spitting incident, he spit right on Rudy Fuller's cheek. And Rudy and got Rudy. red carded That's for right, just forgetting, forgetting, forgetting spat at. Yeah, <laughs> it's unfair. Ah, the old pre-VAR days. 
Um, <laughs> but so anyway, so Bochum played Greuther Fürth. Yeah. Featuring the Nord- the, an, 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 Anagamus, that's a name I just made up, Julian Green. Yeah. How did, tell me about the game. How did, how did our boy Yuli do? Uh, well, he did not start. He came off the bench in the second half and didn't. As all, I mean, as all this was. Players do. I labeled this in our show notes the Not gegen Elend Derby, meaning the you know uh, uh, distress against misery, and uh, so because these Not, two t- Not gegen Elend distress yes. against misery. Yeah, Is that yeah. Because it's the two bottom feeders going at each other. I mean, they were just they're just both two teams that are pretty offensively impotent I, I would say both of them and so uh yeah and that's the kind of game that it was it really looked like a scoreless draw was going to be it until we got the late set set piece goal from Anthony Lozilla who at age 35 scored his first Bundesliga goal hey ever. man it's never too late yeah that's great I saw it was a great set piece goal um the fourth goalkeeper was maybe a little out of position uh i mean i don't know the one it was just a good old, it was just a really good classic strong cross in and just like a he just tapped it it wasn't a strong header or anything he sort of just redirected yeah. it right into the goal a good classic and it was at the 81st minute so all they had to do was then to hold for 10 minutes so. and they did a good job of that and yeah julian green was pretty invisible i would say and uh yeah now i think 15th place yeah, and, right over uh, the, uh, the, uh, Bielefeld Fort, right? And um, oh, I look and up. Augsburg, yeah. Augsburg, that's a good yeah. Augsburg, like, Augsburg, and Bielefeld one. played each other and got a draw, which of course was the perfect result for us. So, um, so they also they also had a misery match. Yeah, it was an, it was right. It was like Notging Eland type. <laughs> <laughs> Part it, two, it, it, yeah. was, it was time for the Wall Street bros to get all the <laughs> poor hobos fighting over each other in the street yes, throwing dollars. Basically. That's what it was this weekend. So good for them. As Bayern mentioned, destroyed by Leverkusen for nothing. Uh, ho- speaking of destroying, Hoffenheim destroyed Köln. The days of um, uh, the guy I said <laughs> from earlier, the, the days of them being dominant in the 70s are long over. Uh, oh, Kern, and, yeah, 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 and they were destroyed by Hoffenheim, featuring one Chris Richards who came off the bench twenty minutes in, after that long transatlantic flight, and from all intents and purposes, did pretty well. Uh, I don't think there's a lot for him to do on that side of the field, but Hoffenheim won five nothing. Yeah. So under Sebastian Hernes, who I believe is still the Hoffenheim coach, right? I think I so. To. Yeah. I need to start doing more research. <laughs> we need to actually need to yeah. keep up with these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kern, uh, I mean. Is, yeah, nephew. Early Hernandez's is nephew, I believe. Yeah. Sebastian Hernandez. Uh, Hoffenheim had a great game. And yeah, Kern, uh, Kern uh, um, uh, who, you know, have very mixed, were very mixed in general. Uh, they had a bad night. Well, last year they were, they played the relegation playoffs. So they are, I think, probably in that mix again yeah yeah i think was it volsboy i think who played the relegation playoffs two or three years in a row that was pretty crazy oh um right. i remember once i remember i think mario gomez has scored a penalty just for them to stay up on the top flight yeah uh, yeah true why do they have that what is the point of the relegation playoff i it's it's uh... i think it's financial i think it makes sense it's essentially the third place second division team rarely does much in the top flight other than be a beating bag so i think they're giving the chance to the third to the last place team 
to like you know to, give to stay a shot. to stay up and have. I'm extra. not against it. I, th- I think it's a good idea. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. Would you rather just be a straight switch? I mean, it just uh, it seems to advance. You know, gives the advantage to the Bundesliga team, obviously, because the the. I mean, you're supposed to kind of get reinforcements, right, when as you go up. So to have the current yeah. Bundesliga team play the second Bundesliga team, it's sort of a foregone conclusion most of the time. Yeah, but you know what that is? We live in a day and age with the haves and the have-nots are more extreme than ever before. And the promotion relegation system, which I'm a big fan of, by the way, uh, is a little bit more flawed than it once was because it essentially can really kill teams now. It can really kill and create teams where back in the day it was just more of a competitive thing. You know, like Mexico suspended the promotion relegation in, uh, mm-hmm. for five years simply because finance, they didn't know how to do it. They're like, we don't know how to... Right. The, the, there's no there's no, there's no, no smooth financial system. And look at England, uh, how many teams go into administration uh, and things like that. There's just financially, it's just a lot of risk. So I think in typical German fashion, they made a decision to eliminate, to lower the risk. To lower the risk, yeah. That is yeah. a very German... Uh... A very German view of things. Lower that risk. Lower that risk. <laughs> All right. Let's. Do we have any last things to say? Deutschland and Denmark are into Qatar. Or Qatar. yes, we were. Um, yeah, Germany, oh, the first team to qualify. That happened last at my week. Notes then. I think that's happened before, but that doesn't necessarily denote success. I believe before the 2018 World Cup, they didn't just win; they won every one of the qualifying games. They had a perfect qualification record, I think 30 points or whatever it was. And they went into a disastrous 2018 World Cup. Uh, and then in the Euros, same thing. They had a pretty near-perfect qualification record. And they had a decent Euros, but, you know, it wasn't, wasn't what you come to expect from teams of late. So Yeah, that, 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 that England game we could probably talk about for an hour, but we won't. Uh, yeah. Duh, mula. All right. Uh, yeah, so I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. It's cool they qualify. <laughs> uh, they did pretty well. You know, they've done pretty well. And I think the German national team is in decent shape. I think Flick is doing a good job overall. Yeah, so far so good. They definitely look more dynamic than they did under Yogi, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, they they seem to be learning how to press, which that also was not a thing. Very hip, um, right? Everyone's pressing these days. It's the time of the times. I mean, yeah, it seems it works, right? If you can win the ball back in the opposition half, that's good. That that works. Which is a perfect segue to the other game I want to talk about, which I saw was the Leipzig Freiburg game. Oh, okay. Featuring one Jesse Marsh and his crazy hippie high press tactics, way more open. Uh, 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 Leipzig escaped with a draw they got a penalty which was kind of a gift uh i don't know if you saw it uh and then literally and then um the great christian strike one of my favorite most animated coaching sidelines oh yeah he got himself in, into he got in trouble car. yeah i saw that and then two minutes later not to be outdone emil forsberg did this great sliding tackle coming from the back the one that you give a card to because it's usually a foul in my opinion this was just a beautiful slide tackle it was not a foul he got a he, he got a, a foul, and then Jesse Marsh, not to be outdone, he went out there, matched Christian Stike's a- animation, and he got himself <laughs> a yellow card too. He's like, anything you can do, I can do better, my friend. So both coaches got yellow cards within two minutes of each other. 
Um, and there's also opening Freiburg's brand new shiny new super stadium. Oh, that's right. Yes. With a giant solar panel roof that apparently powers the stadium. Looks also good. In great German fashion. They're amazing environmental. Yeah, very policies. sustainability. It's sustainable. Sustain. Yes. No one's as sustainable as Germany, baby. Uh, definitely, we can study a chapter out of that book. We're gonna but, have uh, a the Green Party is gonna. This is <laughs> this is a news update from my mother just this morning. She thinks the Green Party is gonna have the vice chancellorship in this upcoming. Uh, Not to government. get too political, but I would be all about that. I love it. You got You got You got And then the Green Party in Germany is, is a strong party overall. Petra Kelly, once upon a time, I believe. Oh uh, yeah, that was a long time ago for the Green Party. I'm getting really political here. Uh, <laughs> and, but, but the Green Party in Germany actually has a little wind, where in most places, especially here in the U.S., it's an afterthought. I don't think they have a seat anywhere. Um, so, no, they know, were the they were the third biggest uh, after the two big parties got the most votes in the most recent election. So they will 100%. they will be part of the government. So this. Who's the new German chancellor, by the way? This shows you how out of the loop I am. Well, this is, uh, they, they are in negotiations. The coalition coalition negotiations have begun. Got it. And uh, uh, Olaf um, Scholz. Is that his, oh my God, is oh. that his name? I hope that's Very his name. German name, very German name. <laughs> uh, you can't think, but uh, so just for the listeners, totally unrelated to soccer. Germany has something called coalition politics, where I believe three parties have to be on the winning bill, something like that. Where they have to have two or three parties overlapping on common interests, and then that's how they move forward. Um, something along those lines. I'm not really a political science guy. Uh, and super vault. But uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I mean, same here. If um, yeah. uh, uh, I, I pay much more. My, my main connection to Germany is soccer more than, I know more about German soccer than politics. Let's just point. talk about German politics for another hour or so, and then let's get back. <laughs> let, let, let's have everyone listen to two dudes who don't know much about it at all, just trying to figure out how it works. Just be like, "How? Who is the? What is the guy's name?" How does it work? Olaf Scholz. Who is that guy? You know what I will say is I went to the German Parliament in Berlin a couple years ago. Lovely building. They have a really cool thing where there's a giant glass dome where you can. Look yeah, you can look on. down yeah. as it's going. Yeah, and it has a and and the and the sort of hidden meaning of that is that. The government serves its people and lifts its people up, so the people are above the government. Isn't that nice? Isn't yeah, that that's nice? a that's a nice yeah. idea. Uh, anyway, with that being said, uh, Leipzig playing fast, raucous, and they're just so wide open in the back. Watching them is like watching a heart. It's like a have you have a heart attack every ten minutes. There's just there's just the other teams just coming right at them, and there's just not much they seemingly can do about it. Galashi's an overdrive. And like I said, they're, they're having fun up top, but then in the back, no good. What I will say is Emil Forsberg's getting a lot of playing time this year. He came off the bench last year, the Nagelsmann. And Forsberg can't finish. He's having finishing issues. Mm. And I, for one, would love to see Andre Silva, the man they spent millions of dollars on over the summer to bring in, the Eintracht Frankfurt's leading goal scorer of last season, to provide goals, and Andre Silva is getting some bench time. So I don't know what's going on over there, but it might be time for a little more Andre Silva to get off the bench. Maybe uh, the, the new, the next coach will have different feelings about it. <laughs> hey now, hey now, hey now. <laughs> oh, what's the over under on Jesse Marsh being the coach? So on December fourth, when when the the Classica. Bayern gegen Dortmund, what's the over under of Jesse Marsh still being the Leipzig coach at that date? I think I think he will be. I think they'll they'll give him until the the winter break for sure. 
but I hope so. Uh, I mean, you I, were I, I saying so you too. were saying he had a you were you you said you thought he had a long he was on a long leash. Yeah, I was just echoing sentiments I've heard right about. However, one Derek Ray offered a counterpoint, which made a lot of sense. There's all, all the excuses. They, they had some excuses, but they did not expect to start this poor. So this is new. However, it wasn't a loss. It was a tie. And it was away in Five Boys New Stadium. So overall, it was a decent result. Uh, it's just Leipzig is a team that needs to start getting some points pretty soon. So I'm, I'm hoping that momentum starts to – I'm seeing a momentum. I'm seeing the players slowly figure it out and buy into it. So I'm hoping there there's a good undefeated run in there somewhere coming up soon. So fingers we crossed for our boy Jesse Marsh. We would miss his uh, his German, his attempt oh, yeah. at German-speaking. Ah. I don't, I don't have anything open. Hold on, let me try. Uh, so I have to do my sound stuff. I'll get that ready for the next broadcast. I have some, some have clips some and things. Quality uh, Jesse Marsh German. Uh, it's probably yeah. not as funny for the English for the English speaker, but no, I don't. We enjoy so. it very much. I, I yeah. definitely. It also because I'm German American, so he I have the exact same sentiments. Pretty much, he's just like he's trying to struggle. It's like us gegen ihn, whoever. Like he just doesn't remember the thing right away. He does the, he conjugates it wrong. So it's like whatever against them, you know. Because when you're passionate, your real language has to come out. I mean, by all by all means, he's done a great job. Like in a, in the time that he's been there, he's done extremely well. Like I, no no uh, no uh, knock on him, but it is you know, it sounds a little funny at the same time. How good is your German, oh, Stefan? My German is my accent's probably better than Jesse Marsh, but he probably speaks it better than I do because when I speak German, it's very mixed. Like when I was a kid, I spoke relatively fluently. I grew up bilingual, speaking mm-hmm. both German and English. But but my parents are both German, so they would speak German. But I would speak English in the house, so I grew up speaking English. Okay. Um. So when I go to Germany and I have to speak German, I'm I'm pretty stuck. It takes me a few weeks to a few months to sort of get going. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, so I would say semi-fluent. You know, test okay. me, test me, my friends. Let's do German test. <laughs> German test. Oh, wir, wir, wir sprechen jetzt, this is jetzt die deutsche Phase des, des Podcasts, wo wir... Uh, this this is now the German phase of the podcast where we. <laughs> das oh, very good. Deutsche, See, this is just the Deutsche phase from the podcast where we speak or read Deutsch. Yeah, there you Amerikanische go. Fork, right? No, Fork. How do you say listeners? Uh, 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 hörer, die Hörer. Die Hörer. Is that how you say it? That's, how, that's what a German listener is? Yeah. For die Hörer, you'll learn German here. You'll learn German American phrases. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of great connections between German and American soccer and German American culture. Although what I will say is that a lot of the German culture in the United States is Bavarian culture. Would you agree to that, Bjorn? Oh, yeah, that's true for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely when it comes to like I've never worn lederhosen in my life ever. That is not a thing where I, yeah, where I'm not from I the mountains. grew up. And yeah, I'm not exactly. I don't I don't herd goats. So uh yeah. That is, and 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 I don't really, I never really ate much schnitzel, ironically enough, growing up. I uh, I I sure, yeah. We talked about this previously. I has, mm. I have eaten a fair amount of schnitzel in my day. Yeah. Well, my sister, who who is American, first generation American like me, 
Uh, although also she was born in Germany. She was born in Frankfurt, so she's German born. But she cooks a lot of schnitzel for her kids, and mm. she's really good at cooking schnitzel. So she's bringing it back, which is good. We um, all we eat a lot of sausages in my family. I'm also living up to stereotype. There's definitely yeah, sausages. Germany is like every city has its own sausage, and I love. I'm full disclosure. I'm a vegetarian now, but back in my meat eating days. I would love sausage, and like I'll go to Nuremberg get the thin Nuremberg sausages, or you go. I, I'm a, my favorite street food is currywurst. I'm a huge currywurst guy. I love currywurst so much so yeah. that uh, I go on Amazon. Do you see what I mean? I go on Amazon and I import. Oh, the, you get the curry ketchup. Uh, I get the real oh, stuff. Oh my god, that oh, is yeah. good. The real stuff. You know, and I found I found a no. Sorry, keep going. Let's say I know where to buy in Brooklyn if you need a, a tip. I know where they exist in Brooklyn. Oh. But yeah, so, but um, in Germany, they use a very, it depends what region you're in, but they use either a Schinkenwurst or just something called a Currywurst that they designed mm-hmm. from scratch. You can't really buy that here. So I buy a Knockwurst and a Bladwurst and just do that, you know. Uh, actually, Trader Joe's has, a, has sort of a Bavarian Bratwurst that works pretty well, I found. Nice. And uh, and I have found, and there's a there's a, a local barbecue place here in Brooklyn, Pig Beach. They have a curry based barbecue sauce that also kind of hits the spot. Nice. So that's my version of the of the curry wash that I make is the 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 Trader Joe's thing and the and the uh, the Pig Beach curry barbecue nice. sauce. And that nice. that's, that works pretty well. Very cool. Yeah, I'm doing Beyond Beef sauce these days, which isn't too bad at all. But wait, we just, we, we just kind of glossed over this. You're a you're a vegetarian. You're a schnitzel boy. That's a that's a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, but I live in L.A. Where, where we, I can order. I might do this next week. I can order vegetarian schnitzel around here, and I can eat it. It'll be it'll be like soy based <laughs> schnitzel, dude. It's okay. I'm living. I live okay. in L.A. I'm living the L.A. life. So you can be a schnitzel yeah. boy, and it, it yeah, won't it's contain. very un-German to be a vegetarian. That's true. I mean, in truth, yeah. like most of the like a very finely, finely pounded schnitzel is mostly bread, even in the in, even in its original form. There is some veal in there, maybe, but but it's mostly breadcrumbs. I think that was probably the point to conserve. <laughs> to conserve. <laughs> yeah, I think a, a, a lot right. of German tradition is about. It's based on poverty. So yeah, it's based it's true. On, like the sausage is so good because you get extra sausage, a bunch of chopped up crap put together. That's why. Germans and then you put a sauce on it, and it tastes yeah. good. And yeah, yeah and you, you pound it. and you pound the you slice the meat as as thin as you can. You pound it, and then you put a Covered bunch of bread, bread on it. Covered yeah. wheat. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I bet you're uh, right. Um, but yeah, no, very cool. But yeah, so but I digress. Uh, the only other thing <laughs> there's a couple more German things I actually want to talk about. One is um, Lucas Hernandez. Got a yeah, what happened there? Sentence. I missed this. Me too. I, I learned it recently. When he was in Spain, I believe, I believe he played for Barcelona, or was it France? Uh, after, uh, in 2014, I think he was accused of like domestic battery, something like that, something crazy. And he's going to prison now? Okay. And, and it's been a case, it's been back and forth, which means that Bayern mentioned bought him Knowing he wasn't an open court case, so more power mm. to him. Not the first player they've had to get rid of due legal reasons. If you remember the story of Breno, do you remember Breno? No. He was a Brazilian halfback or center back for Bayern München, and he burnt his own house down for an insurance fraud <laughs> in, 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 oh. in München. And oh he got, God. I think he got a fine or prison time for it, and he had to leave Bayern München because of that. But anyway, so he, even though he played over the weekend. <laughs> 
there's a good chance that he's going to go bye-bye for half a season. Wow, all right. And maybe even avoid his contract. I don't know exactly how that works. Um, you know, it's not like Mike Tyson gets to fight and he goes back out of prison. I don't know. Uh, well, crazy stuff and then off-field stuff happens. That happens every now and then. We see that with court. Yeah, I mean, there's Men, there's Mendy and Man City, and and I think the, I guess the Ronaldo case is still, by some accounts, is still yeah, being worked on. Maybe I think it's the criminal case has been thrown out again. I don't know about politics now. I don't know anything about the law, but I think the criminal case has been thrown out. But it's still a civil case here in the U.S., right. which is why the whole Cristiano Ronaldo MLS stuff is funny to me. It's like he's having legal issues in this country. So, you know, yeah. he makes a lot of money. He probably makes more, most of his money selling his brand here in the U.S. But he legally is going to have, you know, we'll see. We'll see what he makes the way Inner Miami, how Inner Miami will break some new laws <laughs> to get him in. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, least of their problems. And so, another German thing. And I've seen this before, but it's a big thing in Flyboy. I think they're nearby and they sponsor the team. This German Disneyland is called Europa Park. Yeah. Have you ever been? I have not. No. I uh there was a place called Fantasialand <laughs> when I was a kid was that, that I've been to. That was sort of I mean, it was like a fraction of the size. But yeah, right. that was uh but Europa Park looks I've I have looked it up and it looks impressive impressive and big. But I what have I not will been. say is how long do you think it took for them to come up with that name? <laughs> that, that, that would be if Disney World was called America Park. We want everyone to feel included. It's Europa Park. <laughs> but it's like so bland. <laughs> Why, just welcome. That, that, means, that means they paid a million dollars a marketing firm to sit there on a table and be like, so what, you think it's in Europe? I got it. It's a fun park. Europa yeah. Park. Europa Park. You know what the, you know what the fun, you know what's called in North Korea? It's called a fun park. It's called the Pyongyang Fun Park, which is I've been there. It's a lot of fun. It's probably my second favorite park after Disney World is North Korea's Fun Park. I joke, I joke, I can't. I'm not allowed in that country. But what I'm what I'm saying is like even even Fun Park is a more creative title than Europa Park. They are not promising better. They're not promising you anything. Europa Park, it's in Europa. <laughs> They're just promising that you that can, it's legally it's that we can commit to. Just geographically in Europa. That's Whether you have fun or not, we don't know. <laughs> but if you say it's not in Europa, no, no, no. We have our bases covered. It's in Europa. That would be wrong. Yeah. Um, that and then my last German note would be Pepe de Wolfsburg. <laughs> That's been kind of heavy. Ricardo Pepe, US, U.S. men's national team phenom. Ricardo phenom. Pepe. Phenom. Yeah, the next Freddie Adu, perhaps. Oh, boy. Uh, you hey cursed him. You curse I'm him. I'm joking. I joke. The gods, the soccer gods, please take what I say in jest. I apologize <laughs> to you. Oh, great soccer god, Zeno, whatever your name is. I um, I don't Zeno. know if I love that. Do you love Ricardo Pepe de Wolfsburg? Sure. Why not? I mean, well, he Val needs... Zeghorst, he... there's the, uh, uh, um, Lucas Walschmitz there, and there's another player that escapes me that's also there in great form. He would be like the fourth choice striker. Um, why? Why? And, and a team that only plays one striker up top. So I don't understand the point. Well, um, it's... But it's... I mean, he's going to face that everywhere, right? Like, he's not going to go to Bundesliga team and immediately start. That's never going to happen. At Bochum? Actually, you're right. At Bochum, he would place for him to go. You are correct. (laughs) Yes, but Bochum will not. I mean, even the even the probably 
seven-digit uh, uh, transfer fee is too rich for their blood, for sure. Well, what I will say is that I've heard a few clubs. The three more prominent ones are Bayern München, Wolfsburg, and Ajax Amsterdam came to take a look at him. I think Ajax Amsterdam scouts were in the house during the USA Jamaica game or something like that. And I liked Ajax. Ajax makes sense to me because, you know, the Dutch league isn't is a still a great league, but it's not as fast as Bundesliga. And Ajax specializes in developing talent in a league where that doesn't punish you. You know what I mean? Like the, Holland doesn't have a Bayern München. Ajax is the Bayern München of Holland. And they, and they play their kids. They develop. They teach a great soccer IQ. They're this world-class training club. I, for one, would rather see him go to an Ajax for starters. Not, not ultimately, but for starters. Okay. I mean, I think it's such a crapshoot. You know, these these kids go over there, and uh, uh, it's really sink or swim. It's such a such yeah. a you know. You it's just hard to it's. It, I I find that hard to say in the abstract. You know, I think Wolfsburg might be a good place for him. They have he could. You play in the second team for a while. I mean, Joe Scally, right? He went to Gladbach, yeah. kind of disappeared for a year, and you thought, what's going to happen? And now he's a starter. I think there is – they have the culture of developing these kids. There is uh, – uh, and so really, no matter where he goes, it's going to be tough. True. I agree they have that good culture, but with someone who's already playing first-team football, being thrown into the second division for six months might help his technical skill, but it'll be – torture on his confidence and also right now where we're leading up to world cup you know there's a few considerations to play to, to, to take into account uh ricardo Pepe, what i will say is talented i would say his positioning could maybe use a little bit like like his his up his hold up play can maybe use a little bit of improvement you know we, we have seen him get lost in midfield sometimes yeah. but when he's in the box he gets the ball he finishes and he makes it look easy and yeah most he players has, uh, can't do that yeah and he Josh knows Sargent, where to be Josh Sargent missed two or three decent sitters over the weekend. And, like, if Pepe had those opportunities, that would have been in. Knock him in. Knock him in, baby. Yeah. So, Pepe no. looks like at Christmas? Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. And we'll wish him the best of luck when he goes over there. Do um, you have any other thoughts as far as Deutschland goes? Well, I am not looking forward to this next topic. So... But well, oh, is it Bochum's? Is it Bochum's next game? Who are they playing next? <laughs> no, I thought we were going to go to the go Hudson. to the the Hudson. <laughs> two goal, two wins, one tie. Bjorn, I remember going to Yankee Stadium on a beautiful Saturday or Sunday <laughs> afternoon and watching my boys win seven to one. I was at that was, game. Were, were you at that game? I was at that game. Yeah. We were both at that game. Do you remember? Wait, it was seven afterwards? seven zero, right? I don't think we scored. Did we score in that game? Even better, even better. It was seven to zero. I think BWP scored a hat trick or something. My memory, I know what I remember most of that game is afterwards the police were like it was like a soccer riot afterwards. I don't know if you remember that. Were like the I, I wasn't part of clubs. I wasn't part of that. I just watched. I watched the police hit a couple guys in the knees and whatnot. Then then I got on the subway to go downtown to go to an improv practice or something. And someone pulled the emergency brake on the train. Oh. And I was there for 45 minutes. It's the only time in my 11 years of New York City that someone has ever pulled the emergency brake on the subway. And I guarantee you it was someone from one of the – the train was full of soccer hooligans. So I guarantee you it was one of the Garden State boys or something. This was Not just uh, – hour. They just did that for fun or was somebody I wasn't in, in actual I wasn't trouble? In the, I wasn't in the um, car. 
But I imagine mm-hmm. it was just them screwing around. Who knows? I actually don't know what happened. All I know is that we just had to stop all of a sudden. And then we're there for 45 minutes while the police had to access the train. And boop, boop, ba, ba, ba. Crazy, crazy Hudson River Derby story. That was a crazy, that was a crazy day. I remember Patrick Vieira afterwards saying that losing 7-0 once is better than losing 1-0 seven times, which is true. <laughs> he has a way of words. That's, that's the art. Coaches have to have an art of being able to spin terrible news. And some coaches are just so good at it. And that is just bravo, bravo, bravo. And it was like, yeah, you're right. That's true. And you know then, who's uh, bad at spinning bad results is Phil Neville, who has pledged a conspiracy from the MLS Refereeing Association against his victim, Inter Miami. I don't know if you heard his rant. He oh, said that, I did not. He said that refs need to be investigated. We had a bad <laughs> call here. All my players were supposed to be a world-class league, but my players are asking me what's up with these refs. And, and I think he had one bad call called against him a couple weeks ago, sure. But who hasn't? He's just clearly like... I mean, so I'm was... <laughs> I'm certainly not going to stand up for the for MLS refereeing currently. Like, no. speaking, of the, speaking of the Hudson River Derby, certainly the first one, we got shafted in a big way. I disagree. That was a penalty, man. I know it was in the last minute. Well, in the it's letter not... of the law, that's a penalty. His hand went to the ball. His hand went well, to the ball. but the first... No, no, no. But this is the last step of this chain of events, right? First of all, the red card was not a red card. And then eight minutes of stoppage time? What the fuck is that? Eight minutes for what? Maybe it was the stoppage time. I don't know. I have to go back and rewatch it. All I know is that when I watched that, like... Penalties have been given for softer things. You know what I mean? No, I can. What I, I can will. Get, what I will. I can say get behind. Is, I can get behind on. Uh, I can get behind that. But this was. This is happens in minute seven of an eight of a, an eight minute stoppage time, which uh, in a game where there was no reason for that to happen, it should have been. Well, I'd rather time. there be too much stoppage time than essentially no stoppage time, like in Concacaf games. Where I, I remember, was it the Nations League final when we, we should have had like nine minutes of stoppage time? And he called it right at the 90th minute. And I'm just like, what the? Where's the missing <laughs> 10 minutes? I don't even know where they get this from. So, yeah, referee is a perfect. But you're not allowed to go out there and say there's a conspiracy against you specifically. That's paranoia. You know what I mean? Yeah, that seems also it seems unlikely. No, but anyway, they... it, was a, it was a pretty scrappy game. But my New York Red Bulls, after having almost a season as bad as 2009, have had a long, unbeaten streak. With that being said, I have it up here. The remaining fixtures for the New York Red Bulls are in Columbus, at D.C., hosting Montreal, hosting Atlanta, and at Nashville. Those are our remaining five games, and those are five difficult games. The way we've been playing has been very forgiving. We've had a Cincinnati in there. We've had a Chicago in there. We've had three NYCFCs in there, which are probably our three easiest games. Or we have, division. we are single-handedly saving your season. You're welcome. And uh, well, before this started, you were what three sport spots above us. Now we are tied on points. And what are the stats? I think we're just outside the playoffs, looking in. Yeah, both of um, us are. What? Yeah, we're, what is it? Eighth and we're eight. We're eight and nine. Yeah. So that game against Montreal for us is going to be very, very important. Let's see who your remaining matches are. Uh, we're playing Atlanta on Wednesday on the road, and then it's DC United at home and um, Chicago at home. And Chicago at home, uh, the and then Miami. on the road at Miami, and then at home to Philly. Right? Is that true? Uh, 
Yeah, I think your remaining five are a little bit more forgiving, especially the Chicago Miami stretch there. And we have, except we yeah. have not scored in four games. So if we, it's it's really, this is my hot my hashtag analysis. It's very hard to win games when you do not score goals. That some might some might say impossible. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. I, I think you could hear Pep Guardiola say that out loud. Yeah, I think he said somewhere. Huh? Uh, yeah, you I cannot. Mean... You cannot win if you do not score. <laughs> you cannot win if you do not score. You know what he said over the weekend? He said it was. It's Zach Seffen. When he when we need him to save the ball, he saves the ball. It's good to have a goalkeeper that saves the ball. That's yeah, that's what he said. This is that's and why they like, pay him the big bucks. It is good to have a goalkeeper that saves the ball. That is a good thing. <laughs> it's a very good thing. Not a bad thing with those other goalkeepers. You know, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, this is exciting season. This is probably the best part of MLS is to run to the playoffs and the playoffs. The, as Bruce Arena once said, the second half of the season is the season, and that man is correct. And I'm very curious to see how the New England Revolution will fare in the postseason, because as you know, MLS is not very forgiving to supporter shield winners. At the end of that season, when the playoffs start, everything's out the door, and usually they tend to be eliminated early. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen to them as well. They'll probably be eliminated by the New York Red Bulls, maybe? I'm calling it now. You're calling it? I'm calling it, yo. There's another another over-under for you. I I have very little confidence in NYCFC currently. It is really... uh, um, Puzzling, really, how how they're self-destructing. It's it's been they've looked very good in the beginning of the year and then got an influx of attacking talent, young attacking talent. And the assumption was just that eventually they were going to gel into this juggernaut. And uh, if you had told me like six weeks ago, even that we would now be on the outside, not in a playoff spot, I would have said impossible. Like I, I thought we would finish second. The, the sad reality is there's a very good chance that neither of our teams will make the playoffs. There's a very good chance that like we'll both just be on the outside. Looking. I think it's I think it's possible, and that would yeah. that would be pretty disappointing. Well, let's do a bet here. If the New York Red Bulls make it in and the NYC FC does not, what do you have? Like, let's let's do a little game here. If if the Red Bulls make it in and, and we do not. not, then you have to do something. But if NYCFC gets in and the Red Bulls do not, then I have to do something. Okay. So what, what I will cry happen? if that happens. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, public public crying? Crying always counts. That's a <laughs> that's a phrase here in the Stefan Schnitzel household. <laughs> crying always counts. Crying always counts. It's never devalued around here. Uh I don't know. Maybe um uh uh if if how about this? If both of us make the playoffs, the both of us will have to eat a full schnitzel live on air. Oh, that sounds delightful. But if we they should... both miss, then both of us have to eat two schnitzels. <laughs> two schnitzels. So there's... Both of us have to eat, what, a hamburger live on air. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I've actually done against either. We, we have to eat a full thing of broccoli live on air. How about that? I don't know. If we both miss. Okay. Or something. Sure. We, well, how about this? How about this? If, if Montreal makes it over the New York team's then we both have to eat poutine live on the air. Oh, okay. But if we make it in and Montreal misses, then we both have to eat or get to eat 
schnitzel live schnitzel on air. Schnitzel live and on I'll, air. And I'll be eating a Beyond schnitzel. I'll probably find one of those. Beyond, a little gravy. Beyond so. schnitzel. <laughs> Sounds good. It's on. I mean, I really think we're... Really? Are we going to... I think we're still going to do it. If I had to... I hate to be the... I don't know. Maybe it's my German negativity or my German pessimism, but I think the New York Red Bulls are going to miss out this year. Like They have been a great unbeaten run, don't get me wrong, but it has not been convincing. And we have six very difficult games ahead of us, or five, five or six for everyone's account. And I can predict us, you know... I said, I hope we do well, but you can't predict that. Like it, the, the money is on us losing most of those games, right? I would say, I mean, yeah. But listen, at this point, at this point, none of this matters. You know, like the, the NYCFC have been the expected goals juggernaut the entire season. And you sort of <laughs> expect like eventually to... Uh, uh, to, expected goals <laughs> to have that have that mean something but it at this point it doesn't so i know i mean what the heck is expected goals, <laughs> expected goals. Oh, sometimes you score goals sometimes you don't i don't know it's a weird it's one of those nonsensical phrases like <laughs> i can average together anything it doesn't necessarily mean the future you know what i mean uh my yeah, expected there was a... schnitzel my like if i've eaten three schnitzels this past week my expected schnitzel intake next week isn't another three schnitzels i would say it is I would say it's whatever I feel like it. Maybe it's raining this week. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. No, I hear you. The U.S. The U.S. Uh, had a had a 97 percent chance of qualifying for the last World Cup before that game, and that didn't they mean did anything. Which, 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 with VAR, probably would not have happened. The goal that eliminated in Panama or whatever was not a good goal. Don't have VAR um, this year, this time either. So, so that's that's neither here nor there. Without VAR, we have something called karma. And, uh, you know, like the Leipzig penalty was really soft. And I think they almost called another. Something happened the other way that was also a bad call, but it's a karma call. So they both had the same bad call, you know. Mm, okay. uh, and so there's no VAR, but there's some karma call. All right. Before we get out of here, we got to get here pretty soon. Uh, you want to you have any last thoughts on the on things? Plus, we should maybe touch on USA Costa Rica real quick. Do a quick hot tape with the U.S. national team, real quick. Well, I that was a that was a sort of a nervy a nervy victory, but the the fan base has been appeased again for the time being. <laughs> oh, we've been here before. <laughs> well, I'm not a five Greg Bearhelter guy. I know you're not one of those guys either. I don't think. But what I will say is, a this is either a sign of our young team jelly, which I hope it is, because you know they need time, they need dinner, they need to hang out together, or is just a sign of continuing inconsistency from an overthinker and overtinkerer. Uh, and we've seen that chapter before under Herr Klinsmann with Alejandro Bedoya as a six and whatnot and all this weird game-to-game stuff that doesn't create consistency. Is it one or the other? I can't tell you because we did pretty good against Jamaica and Costa Rica, but, oh, boy, were we bad against Panama. Yeah, oh, the Panama oh boy, game was bad. bad against Panama. I think I would say that, that uh, the Burhalter process seems more coherent than the Klinsman process i would say from the I outside i would i, I mean i in general i am not super invested in the u.s men's national team and subsequently i think i look at them much more kindly <laughs> than actual fans Me, of the team I'm, i think I'm, yeah i'm very invested i'm very invested in fact this might be the this might be a good balance of each other you being german maybe german-american 
I was a German fan before a U.S. fan. That's what I became a U.S. fan convert mm-hmm. over the years. And then I got so involved that 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 over the years, I remember this in the 2010 World Cup when Landon Donovan scored that goal. Remember that great goal against yeah. Algeria, one of the best U.S. goals of all time. I was watching the game with my German parents, and I remember standing up and going, "Yes!" I just like cheered at the top of my lungs. I really felt it. My parents just looked over as sort of like a okay because they well, you know well, they look at the U.S. They're fine with them. They're not huge U.S. fans. They're just fine with them. They're more German fans. And then my mom, I think later mentioned, I think when I was talking about how I root for both, she's like, "Yeah, but I think you root for the U.S. a little more, don't you?" Is what she said. And then that's when I realized, yeah, I think I do. Mm. Uh, just naturally, I just because I'm involved in the fans here and stuff like that, I tend to root for. I tend to live and die by the U.S. a little more than Germany these days. Mm. But, you know, doesn't mean I still don't root for Germany. Germany's right there at a very close second. You know, when yeah, Germany that's, loses, I, I, I cry. So. That's not, yeah, that's not true for me. I definitely care mostly about the German. Sometimes, too, like this year during the Euro, during the buildup to this Germany-England game, which, oh, has had so much importance to it. And the pressure was, yeah. so, I was, it felt like a burden, but I do, but I do definitely mostly care about the german team and uh the u.s team i mean i remember that algeria game and i was definitely excited then too i was at a bar with a bunch of people i mean that was just an incredible sort of last second uh uh, goal it's hard not to not to be excited about that and now i do you know like I, i i love jimmy sands the guy from rise and when he's playing i'm definitely paying attention although he wasn't part of it most recently and uh how was was he over the weekend he wasn't super he was good i mean there is a problem with him and his position you know it's like is he a center back is he a defensive midfielder greg berhalter seems to seems to see him as a center back that's where he played during the gold cup and then that seems to have affected his positioning on the club level it seems like where he is now a center back but we but nycfc has two solid center backs so he now is playing sort of a hybrid you know third center back very deep lying number six and it kind of is not 100 percent working because it's just the offense is just a little underpowered because there's there's a, there's a person missing in that midfield sometimes so that's my james sands tangent but uh, anyway so i these days the i definitely watch more of the u.s men's national team than i used to just because they are more exciting they have they have some good players yeah no it's a very exciting time for the u.s men's national team fan right now a lot of a lot of depth a lot of options you know it's just a lot of different pl- like over the weekend christian kappa scored for Brøndby in denmark our neighbors mm-hmm. to the north mm-hmm. german neighbors to the north and everyone and it was a winning goal at the death and a pack stadium was yelling usa usa and this is in copenhagen gotta, gotta love like, that yeah you know once upon a time he would have been a u.s star but that's a dude no one's even talking about right now yeah. like, we've never had this kind of depth before yeah, the so, mixed the mixed discrude era of the men's <laughs> national team was definitely over when anybody who plays anywhere in Europe is an automatic starter. That is not no longer the case. You mean NYCFC's mixed discrude? <laughs> I mean, but that was kind of he got he really got exposed, right? He was like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he was playing in Norway, and they're like, oh, he must be good. We're not really watching the games. He was then, the number ten over Landon Donovan, right? Twenty fourteen, he, he got he, Landon Donovan number ten. He was not. He was not good. He was just not good. <laughs> I think he's in Japan now or something. But what I will say, there was a game about six months ago, 
uh, Aaron Johansson scored against Mixed Diskerud in the Swedish League. And it was like, oh, yeah, those two guys. That is a deep cut. If you if you if you were aware of that, kudos to you, <laughs> Scandinavian Americans. All right, bud. Uh, my friend Bjorn, hast du etwas nochmal zu sagen? It, it was correct. a it was a that was say? that was pretty good. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure talking to you. We'll do it again Absolutely. next week. We'll do it again this time next week. With us, Shitsa Boys, we're here to stay every Monday at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. You can see us here. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. You can get us on podcast form. Uh, you know, if you're on YouTube, click that like and subscribe button. Uh, and then press the bell for notifications just to catch us next time. Chat with us on screen. Get involved. We'll talk with you. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, leave us a review. Those are free ways to support us and our cause as re- being the un- as offering a voice in the underrepresented version of English language, German, American, soccer, football, fandom. All right, Bjorn. That's right. Take us out if you can. Do you have do you have the outro song? Let's <laughs> <laughs> open that outro song. Oh, uh, okay. Say something else. And like and subscribe. So, uh, and and uh, we have an email, schnitzelboyspod at gmail.com. Send us a note. Be like, hey, boys. Dankeschön. Bitteschön. Uh, I love, I love the German soccer coverage. Ich bin ein großer MLS fan. Ich arme die New York Red Bulls. Oh, ich that... bin die Roten Bullen fans. This you know? is better. What you're doing is better. We'll Who's have it next time. Term- Who's the greatest German? Who's the greatest German ever played in MLS of all time? I say Demir Kreilach. Is he German or is he Hungarian? I don't think he's German. He's well, he's, he's got a German last name because a lot of ethnic Germans live in oh Eastern Europe. God. He was born in Croatia, so never mind. But he's, he's probably the greatest Croatian ever played in MLS. <laughs> No joke, though. I've been following Bobby Wood. I looked up Rail Salt Lake's game every week for the last, like, six weeks. Kylak has been their only goal scorer in every game. Yeah, he's Talk been about good. a freaking MVP of a dying club, but still MVP. Yeah, Bobby Wood is not it. <laughs> All right, so is that, there's no Casio? Is that it? Do we have no? Next week. All right, and a boop, 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 bo